What's up, Bay Streets? It's December 16th, 2020, and you're listening to Snack Time. Snack time. Snack on I want a snack. Always, I am what the hell, Darielle, and I am Sharp. Hi, Sharpie. What you snagging on today? Actually, hold that thought. We got a very, very special episode of Snack Time today, don't we, Sharpie? We do. We do. Yes, we um, we actually do. We have two guests on our um podcast today so i'm kind of excited this is the most we've ever had this is like a full house yes we got two snacks of the week you guys so we have our first snack of the week my bestie mr trevor t aka interweb trev how you doing doing good 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 what you snacking on today i just have a little starbucks drink here have uh ice caramel uh macchiato mm, we wow. love the starbies we love it so much i heard i remember the first episode i remember <laughs> distinguished look at trevor we already know mr number one like, fan. Oh, first episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay cool 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 trevor we're so happy for you to be here however <laughs> let's off oh. y'all for real this is so exciting i Anyways, so we have um, my friend from high school, uh, Miss Valencia. Um, she's gracing us with her presence on our beautiful podcast today. Valencia, say hi to the friends. What's goody, friends? <laughs> What's goody, B? How you doing, boo? I am so overjoyed to be here with y'all on snack time. Like y'all said, we got a full house and we ready to rock. We rocking, we girl. What you snacking on, Valencia? Listen, it's not the Starbucksies, but it's the at homies cappuccino. I got kind of caramel cappuccino <laughs> going right now, so that's what I'm. Oh, so we got an apple barista on the line, you guys. <laughs> yeah. How did you make it? You know, nice little curate. With the blender, nice little curate. <laughs> Ooh, she got I'm the fancy stuff. Uh-oh, Don't sue us, Eric. Sponsor us. We love you. We love you. We <laughs> love the more K pods. They at K-Pods. my job. Like they everywhere, bro. We are your best customer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. We are so happy to have you on, you guys. So yeah, we really are. Like we thought long and hard about who we would choose. So, um, for those of you just now tuning in or kind of want to know the four one one, we had two contests going since we started Snack Time on Black Friday, aka Snack Friday. And the first contest was to name our fan base because if you listen to our first episode, we were calling y'all some weird ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> we it's were just, like, "What's up, honestly, whatever, came uh, to mind. whatever, whatever came to mind." We we didn't know, so we were like, "Let's let them choose. They got a right to choose their name." And then our other um, contest was that we were starting to build our, you know, 
our socials up, you know, in this world, we got to have social media and we wanted to get to a hundred followers and choose somebody who's been really awesome and supportive. And Valencia's was like our very first follower, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, some dedication. Shouted us out, like new podcast alert, like all of this. Yeah. And I'm just like, and it was really hard because we had a few people doing that, but I'm like, no, nah, she the OG, bro. We got to hit her up. So yes, I, I mean I gotta really support. Gotta support. You. Yeah, it was so awesome, girl. And Trevor, we did choose a name out of your list, if you believe. I heard it, it earlier. Yes, we chose pastries, like you guys. B A E Street. Pastries, like pastries, but pastries. Just so yes. cute. Creative. So creative. I don't know why. I'm, I'm like, always been really good like with giving nicknames. Else. I'm Say kind of again. known for giving. So I'm kind of known for giving nicknames. I don't know why. That's kind of like my. That's my identifiers that I give nicknames very, oh, very okay. quickly after meeting people. I give nicknames. So you know you gotta give us some, right? <laughs> Ooh, put me on the spot. Put me on the spot. Oh, this you on like the whenever, spot. Uh, this is snack this time. Is like whenever, now is the time. Valencia. This is like whenever like the colored nickname? hair rappers go to the go to the studios or I mean they go to like the radio stations and they're not used to doing like real rap anymore. They're like, oh, you want me to freestyle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to, to pull out a written verse. <laughs> Do it. No, you know what? We're gonna wait. That's gonna be part of the questionnaire for this episode. Sorry, bro. Nice. We wouldn't deviate, but we gonna wait to the end of the episode and if you don't have no damn nicknames for us you're not gonna be my friend no more oh, <laughs> man. i'm just I mean, saying y'all you know that, you can but... always sit with us trevor i'm just fucking I, I hope that this uh, i hope that this episode can actually even air i have to have my uh, publicist check it out first before you guys post mm. it or else i'll be sending you guys a, Ooh, a cease and desist got a celebrity <laughs> on the phone he is a whole <laughs> this celebrity you guys like yeah. So, so just to be I clear, really... I'm, I'm suing you, not sponsoring you. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> See you in court, buddy. See you in court. If y'all ever want to know if that ever happens, I swear to God, we're gonna film it. Like <laughs> that'd be amazing. Y'all know me. My favorite shit is like court TV. So I'm in there. Like I've been preparing for this moment my whole life, Char. It's Don't somehow the worst, you. but the best. Yeah, not the best. Okay. So I really wanted to like dive into because I, as I said earlier, we we all kind of have like a special connection to one another. And I'm really, you know, me and Sharby are besties, but I know like you guys know each other outside of this as me, you know, do me and Trevor. And aside from y'all being our friends, y'all are actually like dope ass people doing cool ass shit. So I wanted to dive into like Sharp and Valencia's relationship. Like, I can't believe she knows other people beside from me. Like, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, you call you Trevor your bestie when we first got on the call, but I was I was gonna talk about that later whenever we're in wow, private. But he's the boy. It's different. It's a guy. I feel like it's a little bit regardless. Okay, so speaking of bestie, it's really funny that you say that because in high school, Valencia and I used to call ourselves Yes. Like we really did. We did. We really did. We really That's did. So sweet. So we absolutely we were um <laughs> We were we were in English together, I believe. Spanish. Right? Was it English? I think it was Spanish. Yeah. Spanish. One of them. Ladies. Spanish first. Spanish first. Yeah. And then I think and we had then, English too. I think we were in English. Yeah, but we were in Spanish class together first, and so um, I am a year. I'm a year. Um, I'm a year older than her, and I don't even know honestly how it talks. I think. We were both just giving each other that look because somebody said something crazy because that <laughs> happened a lot. And I was like, 
yeah. like on the office <laughs> right yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> and so um yeah and so ever since then we've just been homies man we just we just we laugh she's I feel like her sense of humor is like mine and she's just encouraging and she's just always been ambitious and I'm like damn you're like really smart and all this other stuff and so yeah it's so it's crazy it's 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 really crazy that we're just like where we are now but yeah, yeah, it's so dope to have friends like who last you through high school and stuff, mm-hmm. especially now because we all um, are twenty somethings. I'm not gonna put up this out there, but you know, <laughs> that's rare. You know, mm-hmm. and I never realized how rare it is because I I still have friends from high school. That's actually how me and Trevor met was through my friend from high school. So you know, we didn't go to high school together, but. I think that's like that's so special. Okay, I approve, Sharp. And and me and Sharp are both Aries, so we bonded on another level. That's what it is. That part. That's why I like you. Our birthdays are four days apart. Hers is on the seventeenth, mine's is on the thirteenth, and so that's what it is too. We were both Arieses, and our birthdays are so close together. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna Mm -hmm. hold it against you. You like so close. It's the eighteenth. Yeah, it's the eighteenth. Oh man, we both. We both. As soon as it came. no, that means V is like a shooter. Like she, she's the friend that be like, no, what she say to you? What she say? Like, cause that's what Sharp is. To me. Yes. Yeah, give her Sharp. Talk to her. Yes. <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. Cause you know we celebrate all month, so it's every day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yo, extra. So extra. Aries is like my supposed to be like my compatible everything. Like if I ever find a life partner that lasts for life it should apparently be an Aries my best friend should be an Aries so that's kind of like how me and Shara met it was like it kind of we balanced each other out in a good way and I was like yeah Derry's mom knew we were gonna be friends before we were even friends which I don't know how moms know that they have like this thing because my mom said the same thing she's like oh Mm, y'all ain't gonna be friends long but okay <laughs> not about us but you know but you know wow. about yeah because I said that we had another roommate and I thought I was you know me and her seemingly had a lot more in common and my mom's like mm, I don't know about that one I don't think that's gonna work out very well but that other girl in you I think and I was like I guess <laughs> they're a little pissed at me mom we were three hours late bro <laughs> i don't think neither of them like me right now i don't like you right now. <laughs> but um yeah so it's just crazy how that just works out you just meet some people and you're like man that's my person that's my person man so oh yeah that's so cute i think that's how me and trevor were because like me and trevor are always the people in our group like First of all, I didn't even realize how I met him because I met him through another person who I met him through another person. And and, <laughs> and I didn't realize that that's not really the person that we were connected through in sort of way. Like I he met that other person through my friend from high school, too. Well, we were all friends from high school. So, like, it just kind of worked out. Trevor was always around. And our group is like really diverse, and we're only like one of three black people. So it's like, <laughs> right. oh, okay. So Trevor is always like not trying to be in no drama. He was instigating shit low key, and so was I. And I'm just <laughs> like, he's really artsy and fun. I'm really artsy and fun. And I really like Trevor because, like I said, our friend group is really like diverse. And I think Trevor is like the epitome of what a male straight ally should be. Just because, like, he's the person, like, he doesn't give a fuck where we go as long as we have a good time. So we done been in some strange places together. 
Like, strange in a great way. And we were just there, like, vibing. No, in a good way. Like, I'm not going to put our business out there. We got got secrets. No, that's a very very flattering way to be described. Like, it's always, I mean, I think it's very, uh, everybody, I guess, to themselves has, like, their ideal of what they are and how they want to be, how they want to portray themselves to the world and stuff like that. And I think oftentimes that's very different from what people actually perceive you as. So it's not often that you get to hear like someone unfiltered or like unprompted say like what you are to them or like how they perceive you. So mm-hmm. like I always kind of wonder, I'm like, oh, I wonder, like I wonder how people perceive me. I know how I hope people perceive me. I know how I want to be perceived, but it's very interesting like actually hear that about yourself. So I'm like, oh, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. And aside from that, like, I know I talked about all the ratchet stuff we did, but on a personal note, like Trevor, we've only been friends for what, maybe like four years now? Maybe yeah, three? about about three or four years. I remember I we really became tight after I moved back from Atlanta. So yeah, that was like three years ago. And Dang, I was you like, did come right back from Atlanta. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, about that. and that's when I had met you and everybody was always talking about you. And we have two Trevors in our group, y'all. So like, <laughs> I'm I, like, well, I met that one. And they're like, no, the other one. And I'm like, who? You know, and then when he came around, I was like, me and him started hanging out like outside of the group and and things like that. And then even when there was like drama within our friendship group, as there always is going to be sometimes, you know, like Trevor was just always like the level headed one. And even though we were all being petty, Trevor was like, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, I just want to have a good time. Super facts. You know, but he's like a really good friend because like (laughs) even beyond the ratchet stuff, like he'll call you and check on you. Like when I first moved into my old place. Trevor came to a freaking, I'm about to cry. Trevor was the <laughs> only one who like came to my apartment like for the first time with like no furniture, bro. I had nothing, like no dad. We were all just like <clears throat> sitting on the counters and just had a good at, like that's one of the best times I've ever had. Yo, been, and, there. been there. Yeah. And oh, and then the nice thing that even came before that, because I had like a, uh, it was like a housewarming thing for my dad. And my dad always does stuff oh, like real yeah. extra, like, he had the um it was a housewarming slash slash whatever party and I had invited friends and most of them were busy and one of them flaked, but that's a whole other story. It anyway. was somebody's birthday, right? It was my dad's birthday yeah, and then birthday. housewarming. That's what it was. Right. So yeah, and Trevor came and that's already flattering, but then he brought my dad a gift, y'all. Aww. Which is like unheard of from like a yes. lot of guys we know let alone like young people <laughs> <laughs> and like he came and i told the story in our last episode about how my dad was like fangirling over Ducey. i still don't think he's opened that bottle by the way like man that's never bought my dad that's a bottle of Ducey for his birthday and my dad was like henny fuck henny it's, it's about that Ducey. i don't i don't fuck with henny henny is like straight gasoline i drank that for the first time ever two years ago and i was like oh look this is purely a status symbol thing because this tastes like shit <laughs> I was, like, in a VIP at, like, a fashion show. And I was, like, people were doing shots. I was, like, no, I'm not drinking that bullshit. That's gross. See, I was late to the Henny game, too, but I had a complete opposite experience because I just throw limes and everything even where they don't belong. And so I did that to Henny. And I was, like, You are the queen of limes. That is true. (laughs) I'll have, like, eight limes limes in a drink. And be, like, Dario, that's, like, a Bailey's. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't care. (laughs) So... But yeah, he brought my dad and it was so funny because after the party ended, my dad hit me up like a day or a couple hours, I don't know, later. And he was like, hey, who was that guy who came with you? And I was like, oh, Trevor? And he's like, yeah, I love him. He's welcome back anytime. And I was oh like, why? Oh, my God. Your I mean, like, I was like happy, but I was like, what are you talking about? I love your about? family so much. Yeah. And he was like, 
he bought me Doucet and I told the story last <laughs> episode but I didn't know Doucet was like a big deal because I always drank it in Atlanta so I was like okay he's like, he's like oh that's not a flex because I like it's not a flex but no <laughs> we were going through some shit okay? but no like, and, like, and like I, when he told me when I did the math I was like oh Trevor that was so nice but it's not about that and then Guess what? Trevor is always invited to Christmas before me. Bro. Like he went to our family Christmas. I, you know me, I'm always late. I can't help it. Like, Bruh, yes, I was at that party like two and a half hours before her. I was like, okay, this is my family. <laughs> Basically, like, you're, you're my guest. I was like, hey, welcome to my family. Uh, <laughs> he uh, came in. Party. He was like, who, who is this person trying to match us? I was like, get out of my house. Bro. <laughs> Stayed all night, like we had a blast, and like now it's happening party. again. And Trevor's like, I'll bring my pajamas. Like my parents got them pajamas and socks oh, and shit. That. Like it's so cool. That's fucking, I, yo, those socks are the best socks ever. I still wear those shoes. Once my family adopts you, bro, that's, that's it. it. Like you, you in it for life. <laughs> that's our history. You know, it's complicated, but it's right. Fun. It works. It works. <laughs> nice. So what do you guys do? <laughs> like, I know what you do, and Shar know what you do, but I don't know too much about Valencia, and I'm sure that Shar don't know too much about Trevor, and I just want y'all to talk about y'all stuff. Valencia, okay. you can go first. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> as well. You can go first, Valencia. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, what I like to tell people in short is that I share my story while helping others share theirs, and in shorter, that just means I love to talk. I was the one who got in trouble Facts. in class for talking. Even though I finished my work, I got in trouble because other people who didn't finish their work was talking to me. And I'm like, why is my fault? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she got a lot of unsatisfactory. <laughs> like me. So I just, I just didn't understand. But I knew that I love talking. I have the gift to gab. And so I knew I had to translate that into whatever career field I went into. And so it kind of started with, you know, senior high school. They did, you know, how you guys had a morning announcements every day. But on Fridays at our school, we did video announcements. And I was like, wait, so the whole school could watch me? What? Sign me up. And that was like my first time experiencing broadcast journalism. So that led me to being a news anchor, a sports reporter, a TV show host, and all around speaker. Um, which is some, some of the titles that I have now that I've done along my journey in this career. Um, but right now what I'm focusing on is basically sports reporting and speaking. Um, I cover the Mavs. Well, now it's virtually covering them, but I cover the Mavs. I've covered the NBA for about eight seasons now. Covered the oh, NFL. Damn. Oh my God. Yeah, been out here in, yeah. these, in, in these journalism streets. Um, covered the NFL, NHL, um, some soccer and baseball too. So in short, that's Valencia. I talk a lot, but I know how to listen well, too. <laughs> nice. Damn. So how does it feel being, because I know that's like a boy's world. How does it feel as a woman being a part of the, the sports scene? Like, do they treat you any different? Are they gross? You know me. So, so when I started out, I was around like 20-ish years old. And so there definitely was a difference going into a male-dominated industry and being a young woman, a young Black woman in this field. And, you know, being challenged on, you know, the right to be there, what you know about. I've had 
had senior analysts literally ask me, well, what do you know about basketball? And I'm like, I got the same credential you got to be here in this room right now. Right. Um, and so, you know, I've definitely had trials and tribulations gone viral for being called a dumb reporter, gone viral for saying I look like uh, Amazon goddess. It is like neither of these things have to do with like what I'm here for, but it's it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's oh, I'm ready to fight. Wow. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 some story some stories along the way. Um, so it has its challenges, but most of the time it's very rewarding because of the the relationships that I've been able to build, and not just you know with my other yeah. people that are in the journalism field, but with the athletes I come across because I've always come at it from an angle of more the human side versus just the athlete, whatever the sport may be. I like to talk to them about their foundations, what they're doing in the community, how they're giving back. Um, a lot of the athletes I've talked to do free summer camps for either individual sports because wow. they know where they came from. They didn't have anyone to look up to, so they always want to make sure they go back so the next generation does know it's possible. Um, so that's kind of where I've been able to find my niche is just talking to them about what they, not necessarily what they do, but more or less who they are. I love that. And I've always, me and Sharp are big advocates of being unapologetically yourself, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these athletes and entertainers and celebrities, and I have a lot of model friends, they are perceived to be some way. And those are the kind of people we like on the show, like people you would not expect. They're just regular mm -hmm. ass people, no matter how big they are, or the big things they do. It's great to be authentic in who you are and stand in that. And that's why I, I love hearing that. Like you share that same value. That's so dope, girl. Any black woman, excellent. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Come on, let's give a round of like ghetto yeah. applause for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm badass. <laughs> Woo! I call it ghetto because I don't have a chocolate yet. Applause. <laughs> 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 yes, I love that. And Trevor, and now Flex, talk your shit. Dang, now. no, see, Tell I'm feeling like uh, this is like whenever like Eminem went on like in the last battle in Eight Mile. Oh and my like, god! Body the whole shit. And now I'm like, I'm like, wow, what else is there for me to say? Like, how do I follow that up? What the fuck? No, man, man you do you, <laughs> man. We all shine bright, man. Okay. You Black King, excellence over here too. Valencia, though. I was we trying to be a gentleman and let you go no first. <laughs> okay. Now the beat is just playing, and everybody's like, choke, choke. No, choke. we want to know. We want to <laughs> know what is up with you, man. Let the people know. Let the people know. No, I'm just playing. Don't, um, don't make me ghastly because I'm in <laughs> No. Um, so I, the way that I describe myself to people, I mean, if you're talking about like my passions and my talents, I just kind of uh, encapsulate what I do as a digital creator. Um, so I started, I've always been like a very artsy kid. I started off doing art as far as like pen and paper, pencil and paper, graduated to charcoal as being like my medium. And now because I've gotten a bit lazy, admittedly, um, I do a lot of digital art just because as opposed to, you know, doing like 300 strokes to color something on paper, you can tap one button and color an entire, you know, area of your art. So I do a yep. lot of digital art. Um, obviously, like I said, I have a little bit of podcasting experience. I had a very short-lived podcast. Um, it only stopped just because I hated doing the editing. Um, other than that, I like to. I'm very experimental and open-minded uh, in the art field. So recently, I've had a lot of 
photographer friends who were like, hey, I got a new lens or I learned like a new trick. I want to shoot, you know, you wearing this. I want to shoot you in this situation or in this, uh, you know, kind of background. So uh, even though I don't consider myself a model by any means and I'm not trying to be one or nor do I aspire to be one, I do like to quote unquote play model every now and then uh, just because. I do like to help other people kind of further their passion. So me modeling uh, is, you know, if that's going to help somebody else build their portfolio or like learn a skill that they need to learn, then I love contributing to other people's artistic passions as well. Talk about the fashion, boo. Fashion. <laughs> we got to talk about the I feel fashion, like that's another thing people The uh, blogging, the, the designing, the all of that. Um, fashion. I got into fashion. Um, honestly it's just an outlet it's so um i grew up in a very strict christian military household and my dad always wanted us to have like the same low kind of buzz cut haircut he wanted us to wear very kind of average uh, looking clothes and stuff like that um and because as a kid i wasn't the best at communicating with people i wasn't the best at making those genuine connections my way to kind of uh, advertise who I am or advertise my personality other than speaking it was to show it visually. So I started gravitating towards different things that I thought kind of complemented my personality or maybe told a story about me uh, without me having to talk about it uh, verbally. So that's kind of how I got into fashion. Um, And then from there, I just kind of started adopting people as like fashion idols. So growing up, my first fashion idol was probably um, Kanye West, I would say. He definitely like uh, he definitely kind of showed me how to style different things and kind of different ways to put outfits together. Any way that I could kind of get my voice out there and kind of show my perspective or my POV and possibly give people a new take on something, uh, then I'll do it, even if it's a small audience. I only knew you as an artist, and then I knew you could dress, but I didn't know like how far you took it. Like he's modest, y'all, but like he'd be working with like these like fashion bloggers and shit <laughs> like that like this networking genius and knows how to just get to know people and get to you know do what he needs to do within reason and still stand to himself to like get to where he needs to be and just a go-getter in every aspect of creativity you good at every fucking thing I, def- <laughs> I definitely try i mean i always um always tell people i like to I like to basically be my authentic self and I like to hang around other people that I can sense are their, like their authentic selves because I don't feel like you're doing, I feel like no one does anyone else a favor by being someone other than themselves. Cause I feel like whenever you get to, if you're given this portrayal of somebody else and then you find out that they're actually in reality, the total opposite, then you feel like you've got scammed or like you've got, you've been gotten over on. And I, I think that that's like a terrible feeling. Cause I felt that plenty of times, actually even recently, me and Shaw were just talking about like how people be putting up a front and just like kind of get trying to pretend to be somebody they're not while talking down on people who are mm-hmm. like embracing who they are and kind of like authentic in who they are. And you know, uh, Valencia is on this app because I read in her in a room, but uh, we on this app called Clubhouse and it's like a way for you to just audio based and talk to people and there's like a lot of heavy hinder hitter heavy hitters the girl can't talk um in the industry or whatever and Sharon can give more insight about it because I wasn't there yeah so I was in the room and just like she said it's like I mean he's a really big celebrity and I I, I was really just I think 
because they are celebrities and because we do see so much, like there's not a lot, there's a lot that we don't see. Just like even with us, like we're people, but there's a lot that my people at my job don't see. Like they don't know I have like anxiety and all these other things. Like, you know, they just see what I want them to see. And so it was just like, here's this person being really vulnerable. And I just felt like they were being rude for no reason. Um, And I get it. Like it's cool to crack jokes on people, but it's also like, you don't know what anybody's going through. And so it's just so, it's just so frustrating that people just think like, because they know you or because they see a certain persona that you may present online, that you're this person, you know? And so they can say, Hey, remember that one time you posted that picture? Remember that one time you said this and it's like, I mean, I remember it because it happened to me and I talked about it with my friends, but why are you bringing it up? Because we're not, you know, we don't go back like right. that. So I don't know how people just get so comfortable with you and maybe they do feel that they're comfortable with you because it is social media. So they do feel like they can just, you know, slide in there, but it's entitlement. It's like, we feel like, like we have to understand, like I know mm-hmm. we keep saying this, but these are people like they're regular at the end of the day, their jobs aren't regular and you aren't your job. Like I'm not, this accountant you know like I am but like that's not what I want people to just know me as and same with that like and if you're on a platform whether you're in person or on social media whatever the case may be and you're like bearing your soul to somebody me and Trevor the friend I'm I'm trying not to get into about like that was a big problem we both had with her like you know we or them (laughs) that's the big problem we had with them (laughs) let me rephrase that three two one that's a big problem that we had with this certain friend you know like we're on some emotional like because we get older and we start you know realizing the world around us kind of sucks so we kind of deal with it in our own way and some days we don't want to party some days we don't want to go out and distract ourselves sometimes we really just want to talk and Trevor was the one who made me realize that, like, mm-hmm. it's okay to feel that way, you know? And when people are getting older and they're still stuck in those troll ways or those contrarian, just-to-be-cool kind of, you know, personality, I just, they're gross to me, bro. Like, who are you? And even if you think it's, like, whack and corny, who are you to say that? Like, just mind your business. And there's not a lot of that going on in the world or people just feeling entitled, like, they can just tell you whatever they want to tell you because you're famous or because you're known. Like that story that you going viral about people talking about you, Valencia, really pisses me off because you, you know, dropped your credentials. You know who you are and you know how hard you work to be there. And the fact that they only want to, you know, talk about negative shit is just entitled and gross. Yeah, I mean, like, how I do y'all do? You hit that? it right on the head, and I'll do free story just to kind of it fits right in. Um, the the first situation of me going viral was like before it was even a thing and it was not intentional um Mm -hmm. long long story short it was when Rajon Rondo came to Dallas on a trade and we were waiting for him to come to his press conference for about an hour um don't know if it was on his end or the organization's end but it took them long enough to get there and it was a room full of reporters and once he got there it was dead silent and literally no one wanted to ask the first question. And I know Rajon has his own reputation for being Rajon Rondo and whatnot, but I was like, bump it, bump it. I'm right. here. I've been waiting. So what's good? I got a question. <laughs> and so I asked my question and the way it came out, 
personally, I didn't think it was worded wrong, but that's not how it was perceived. But I was um, stayed on my tippy toes and right. kind of asked a question about my question. And I was able to come back and reword it right within our beat of a second. And um, so in that moment, I didn't even know the magnitude of it. And so afterwards, it was like literally everyone, all the people that didn't want to ask him anything were coming up to me like, oh, my goodness, man, you handled that so well. Wow, man, I'm so proud of you. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, OK, I don't know what y'all talking about, but thanks, I guess. And then it wasn't until later when I was like, oh, oh, this is like a big thing. OK, gotcha. Um, but in that moment, because I was about probably like <laughs> young 20, 21 or so. So in that moment, um, I wasn't as where I am now in my career, so I could handle it a little bit different. But in that moment, it's like you could easily let all that stuff kind of get to you if you don't have a strong foundation of people around you to keep you held up in that moment. But to y'all's point about social media, these people didn't know who I was, were just now finding out about me and, you know, writing all these things about me, saying all these nasty things about me. But just because you think you have access to me does not mean you would say this to my face. And so just like y'all were saying with the right. social media aspect of it, like we're walking down the street, you're not saying nothing to me. So don't let a computer screen right. <laughs> get you right. in a situation yeah. you're not ready for. Like it, <laughs> it's it's so it's I don't want to say it's a shame, it's just where our world is. Um, and I would say, I would think our generation, we were fortunate enough to know both sides of it before social media and during it. But everyone uh, like after us, all they know is social media. So they don't know meeting them at the uh, little water heater before the street lights came on, before you had to go home at night. Like they don't know yeah. that stuff. <laughs> they don't know etiquette. They don't know manners. They don't know etiquette. They don't know anything. It's like, you're... Like, I get it. It's corny. And a lot of these kids are like self-absorbed and self-centered, just like we were. But when you get older, you realize the magnitude mm-hmm. of, of your actions. Like that one little flip up, like they don't know what you've been dealing with. Like you can, you, you're a human. You're allowed to stumble over mm-hmm. your words. Right, like, you right. I do it all the time. You know, like <laughs> you're allowed to word things wrong. Like, and I get it. It's a job. It's whatever. You're supposed to be on your future. Uh, are you? Like always, like I made a mistake. My bad. Like if you, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't understand me. Like mm-hmm. that's how I start to see things now. And I, yeah, I just, it's just, it's, it's an entitlement, like that access thing, and it, it's easy to get lost in the sauce too. Like, cause you see it on the flip side. It's like you get one reply from a celebrity, and now you see these people, and they're like, oh, that's my brother. That's my, you know, right. it's on the flip side. It's like, whoa, calm down. You know, so I just feel like there needs to be a balance. Like, act like you would offline, online. It's okay to scroll. It's okay to run your business. Like, you, I feel like it's this whole social justice warrior thing where, like, I feel like if I say this and this happens, it'll be because of me. And I'm like, that's not always the case. You're just a, a bunch of other people just adding to the negativity of an already negative world. Somebody. We're in a whole panoramic right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trevor has always been the one I always thought, you know, was level-headed in the group. You should touch on, on that as well. well. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> while I do agree to some extent, I do think that we're giving some people's ignorance a little too much credit here. And what I mean by that is I think some of these people, they definitely know better. Like, everyone knows how to treat somebody appropriately or how they want to be treated. That's like the, you know, age-old golden rule, right? So, 
I think it's kind of the whole teacher out of the classroom thing. If the teacher steps out, you're going to do what you know you can get away with. So because they're behind the screen, they think there's like less repercussion. So then they're going to try to get away with whatever they can get away with. Because I don't have to keep that same energy in person because we're not going to ever see each other in person. So I think they're kind of preying on that tactic of uh, or that aspect of social media, which is really whack. Because I try to make sure my personality always matches up with who I am online and in person. Because I'm not going to act like an <laughs> online gangster. Because I know in real life I'm not a gangster. I'm not. I I'm a self-proclaimed hey. boy online and in person. I'm like I don't do the <laughs> fighting. I'm like there are so many times that people have tried to like fight me, and I'm like oh no no no. I'm like give me misunderstood. Like I'm the funny guy. Like I don't fight. Like I'm the pretty boy. Like. I'm going to be pissed off if I get my shoes like scraped up in this fight. So no, like, I'm not doing that with you. Like you can try to fight me, but right. I'm, I'm an fight. adult. <laughs> I don't like, want to I'm go to not, jail. <laughs> I'm not the tough guy. Like I'm always like, what do you think you gain by fighting me? I'm like, everyone knows I'm the pretty boy. Like you don't get tough points for beating me up. Like you look like you just beat up a really nice guy according to other people. Cause that's what I'm perceived as is like a nice guy. I don't call myself that, but I think that's how I'm perceived. So I'm like, what did, like, what did you get out of this? And then as far as um, uh, Valencia, as far as, like, uh, Rajon, like, misunderstanding you, I think he was, like, probably oh, trying yeah. to misunderstand you because, like you said, we know, right. we know his personality. <laughs> and I think that's really – I think that's really dumb just because I think for whatever reason in sports, because uh, if you watch, like, a lot of, like, these, you know, uh, a lot of these post-game interviews or pre- uh, press conferences, a lot of the times I feel like – the players they're emotionally riled up from the game or from whatever situation they're in as far as trades and stuff like that goes and then they for whatever reason develop this like us versus them mentality where it's like the reporters and the journalists against them and i don't i think that that's not the case in most instances i while while i do think i think that there are reporters and journalists that kind of they kind of pounce on the opportunity to kind of get like a gotcha moment out of them. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the main attitude of most serious journalists with integrity, which I do think you are, or for everybody to kind of jump on that train and try to misunderstand you was really whack. Yeah. That's listen, that's a deeper, darker. Oh. Or not even try to clarify or stand up. I think she meant blah, blah, blah. Like they just want to, Make an example out of the black woman. I think it's like it's important to like seek understanding. There's like so many times in life where I'm talking to somebody and what they say to me, whether it's like a statement or whether it's a question, it comes out super wild in my mind or how I perceived it. And so before I even pounce on them, like you, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, just to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, are you saying da 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 or are you saying Mm -hmm. it this way, whatever? So I don't look like an idiot whenever I pounce on them, whatever, because I could have totally misunderstood what somebody else said. So like in that in that instance is if like I don't understand why he didn't you know go hey if I'm understanding correctly what you're asking me is this and this is my this will be my answer to that I hope you're not asking me da 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 because that is kind of weird but it just shows that people don't seek understanding anymore everybody wants that gotcha moment everybody wants to you know body somebody else in front of somebody else right really I mean weird. that's a deeper darker <laughs> that's a deeper darker because when you look at I'll, I'll say the primary sports I cover are NBA and, and uh, NFL and so the athletes that make up that lock those lock rooms are african-american but when you look at the media covering it right it's not african-american at all and so i understand right. how some athletes have that right. you versus me mentality when it is the media which is like i said that's a deeper darker criminal link of why we need more media with um, the same knowledge of what the athletes actually go through to be in those media positions that's a whole nother conversation 
Um, but yeah, Rajon is is Rajon on his own. But for that for that part of it, you're right. Some athletes do have a me versus them mentality. But that's what I was saying earlier, being able to navigate and build those relationships. So I don't have that that uh, relationship with Rajon, but I've had relationships with like a CDR and Anthony Morrow, a Dennis McJr., uh, Antonio Sleeve, and like d- those different guys. I've been able to build those relationships with. So it don't it don't got to be everybody, but along the lines, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's probably just a hiccup of what, well, I mean, obviously it is because that was years ago, but like that's just a little obstacle along the way because, you know, I've come across people who you, you know, people seemingly admire or they have this persona or whatever, and then you meet them. They Ooh, that, that old thing, <laughs> right. don't meet your idols. That's the whole thing. And they they come across as really kind of gross or just like not really nice people. And you just, you know, you had you build a disdain for them, but along the way you meet people who are kind of like not like that, and you can tell because you've experienced the disingenuous. Right. You know who's pretty genuine for you now. It's just a little <laughs> obstacle along the way because you're gonna encounter a lot of rude and, and condescending people in in, mm-hmm. in the creative industry as a whole because there's just egos involved. You know, people are going to look down on you and be like, who are you to talk to me? Bitch, I'm doing the same as you. Work that. I'm working. Like, so are you. My bad. I made a mistake at my job. Have you made every shot? Like, that's how I am. Like, I probably wouldn't have a job as a journalist for very long. (laughs) No, I totally get that. Yeah, I feel like there needs to be, like, I don't know, there's unspoken etiquette and unspoken rules, like, the dumb stuff, like, oh, caps lock means you're yelling, but, like, what about actual etiquette and manners, like, or just reiterating, like, I don't know, I'm really, I used to be anti-rules on, like, Facebook groups and crap like that, and now I'm kind of, like, <laughs> open to them, like, yeah, we need to follow the rules, <laughs> because these people are like going crazy and because it Mm. is that you know that cloak of anonymity that these people have it's like they are going wild like I'm seeing trolls like I've never seen like how are there trolls on an audio based (laughs) app how are they allowed to even be on there like there's this girl I was in a room the other day and I forgot what the question was you know talk about anything but she goes in there Mm. and she's like man fuck all y'all everybody's like whoa and so we thought you know people were like kicking her off or whatever and they're like no bring her back bring her back like they were trying to give her an opportunity to see like girl what's up and she was just Mm. saying all this like wild like low-key violent shit and then she's like we're like how old are you she's like i'm 18 right oh perspective we're trying to put her up on game like girl don't do that and like so you got to be willing to learn, I'm sure. But I don't know, bro. Like, it's just, I'm just seeing, like, wild stuff. And again, it's all, it's like this. Like, the internet just gives you just a sense of boldness that would never I, happen in real life, even with how people I, approach you. I was going to say, I just think also, like, because that's not what we had. I mean, we may have had, like, AOL chat rooms and stuff, but we didn't have, like, you know, and... This is going to sound really whatever. You can date me, age me, whatever. But I just feel like after a certain amount, like after a certain group of children were born. um, So I'm saying like 1995 and up. I hope that's none of y'all. I don't know how old you are, but I hope that's not you. No, I'm 95. 
Okay. Okay. Nineteen ninety five. Those are different kind of people. Um, <laughs> They're both different. Those are different kind of people. They're different, They're different kind of people. Like I, you guys, you know how just like to the to the the Tide Pods down to like all of this stuff. Like I don't. I'm just really confused on where was that ever like intriguing. I just feel like we had common sense. When we, my mom was leaving me home with with my younger brother when I was like five years old. And I never thought to like put no nothing in the toaster. I never thought to like, you know, light anything on fire. I never thought to do any of that stuff. So I'm just kind of confused of where the ball dropped so badly. When where... when whoopings became child abuse, that's mm, where. Talk about it. Talk oh. about it. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just like, I think it's, uh, we, we live in a world of extremes. Like there's no real gray area or middle ground anymore. So... <clears throat> Whereas we were like really well behaved and we just kind of had common sense and our parents were not afraid to like really kind of, you know, put down the hammer Mm -hmm. whenever they needed to. We're now getting to a space where everything's becoming like wildly progressive. And I'm not by any means like against progressiveness. Like I'm very progressive and liberal myself, but I think it takes, I think it takes, uh, it takes us away from like an extreme right to an extreme left, whatever, before you can find that middle ground. So I think right now parents are like, yeah. oh, like what can, how can I discipline my kid? Like if I do this, like that's wrong. If I do that, that's wrong. So I think, again, this generation gets away with like a lot more than older generations do. And then plus, I think um, <clears throat> just to kind of boomerang back a bit to like the whole online thing. And like, I know you were asking like, how are there like trolls like, like, on, like on an audio based platform? It's almost, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Black Mirror at all, but they have this episode. Oh my God. My favorite show yes. ever. Thank you. There's like this episode where um, the, USS, <laughs> uh, the USS Callister, where the, like the CEO of like a company or whatever, he's like super shy and mousy and kind of gets like treated very dormant in real life. But then he logs into like his computer <laughs> and he's like fucking Hitler to like his entire crew. Is that is that is that the oh. one that um Michaela Cole was on? I yeah, think? right. Yeah. So I think yeah. like, if you're one way in real life, then you so badly long to be opposite of that. And so if you know that you can get away with that online, if you know that you're the shy, mousy person in real life, and people talk down on you and talk shit to you, and they don't respect you, then you're gonna go online and be that same person, be the embodiment of that, so that you can feel how it feels to be in those shoes. Mm. Have y'all seen um, that movie with Janelle Monae? Um, it just came out. Not yet. It was like the. What is it, you guys? Yes, thank you, thank you, Sherry. Yeah. So I just watched it with my mom, and without giving too much away, it kind of it kind of does something like that. Um, like that. I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's that's it. Just you know, you're able to be this person, and I think that's why a lot of people go like join groups on Facebook and like join certain kind of things because they're able to be that person i'm not gonna lie you guys when i was like 14 years old i was in a um charmed chat room oh nice <laughs> yes i was, I was american and Ashley i was, I was girl. In a piper chat gang room. piper we gang role play we would just role play and so like that aspect i get but then it's I feel like sometimes people really honestly don't know when when that's with that line between like real life and the internet stops like oh, okay all right you 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 you're going a little too hard you you're trying to do a little too much um that's not it that's why I feel like when people get canceled and when people are like oh well I didn't mean that I didn't know that would leak I didn't know our chats would do all of that you know it da, 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 da. like that's but I mean 
that's how you really feel. So we're going to, we're going to hold you accountable because that's how you really feel. I think the world just as a whole is just getting more informative. So to feign ignorance about shit like that is just, it's kind of dumb. Cause I'm like, Oh, you don't know, but you got, you got Google, you got the internet. You can yes. figure it yeah. out. Like, and that just kind of <laughs> poses a question. Like, do you even have a thought in your head to question if what yes. you're doing is wrong? That just kind of questions your integrity as a person because there's been plenty of wild and impulsive stuff I've probably wanted to do. And I'll think and I'll be like, well, what'll happen if I do this? And I'll Google it real quick or I'll like I'll message somebody and Hashtag get help. Like, hey, is this a good idea? And they'll be like, no, that's really dangerous. Or no, that's stupid. Or no, I don't think that's a good idea. And if I don't have those friends or family to answer, then I go to Google. And they say, no, you will die. Or no, this isn't safe. Or no, whatever. And you just don't. So the fact that people don't have that sense of like, Mm -hmm. what's that? Like that intuitiveness. They just don't have a a conscience. They just go off of... Yeah, it's kind of scary. And we mm-hmm. always talk about mental health in, in our episodes just because it's very important. But, like, <laughs> that's some sociopathic shit, bro. And I, like, it is. No, like, it is. when you, we all did it. Like, Sarb, you said you were on a charm chat room and you were like a kid. I was trolling all up and throughout the Mary Kate and Ashley mm-hmm. groups and y'all oh my God. chat room, bro. Uh, wait, you guys gonna say this to me in front of my mansion and I'm oh like, I live in a one bedroom apartment with my broke ass family. You know, I get that, but when you get older, you look at stuff you did as a kid or you that that looks childish to you. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why that things are meant for children and things are meant for us because children are not supposed to be mentally developed enough to understand that what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so they rely on their resources, aka us, and the internet now, apparently, (laughs) and to figure it out. But now that they have this access to information, just like we do, because kids are smart. Oh, yeah. People really, like, underestimate kids, bro. Like, these kids are very... We were smart. (laughs) And they're smart with information at the they're, their technical, they're like super True. technological. So it's like they don't really have to be smart. They can just, you just know how to read. You know, like so you have all of this and so you have your parents who you're supposed to listen to saying no, but then now they feel like they have access to all of this shit mm-hmm. to say, well here mommy and daddy, this says you're wrong. So they just do whatever. So it's like I I, I, I don't have kids, but I feel for like my <laughs> just like, well I can't beat them like my mom and right. me. And I think, you know, they, they're just kind of like all over the place because I'm like, damn, when I have yeah. kids, how am I going to discipline my yeah, kids? That, yeah. that was a really good point how, that you just brought up. I didn't think about that, like, like about kids having so much access to like information to like, so they, they can even combat their parents in that way, like mm-hmm. on like an intellectual level. I've never even thought of that. Like, if I had internet, like full internet oh. access as a kid, I would have been <laughs> such a little asshole. Oh my God. <laughs> I was. <laughs> like, a lot of my whoopings were because Darielle had a smart ass mouth because of <laughs> shit she saw online, bro. Like, or shit I saw online and was sharing to. Because my I grew up as an only kid, although I have brothers. You know how to, you yeah. know our our daddies be. But anyway, and so like my mom, although I was like sheltered, I kind of wasn't. Like I was sheltered 
because right. I knew not to do the things she allowed me to like watch and see. So like I'm watching like Boys in the Hood and shit and like <laughs> at age ten and I'm telling people all the cuss words and all of like the nasty shit going on. I'm getting I was cussing mad mad young. If you saw me and my mama in front of each other, y'all, y'all be like, Wow. <laughs> Why do y'all talk to each other like that? You know? So like that was mm-hmm. me and so I, I know how smart I was. So I don't expect, like, do you not expect these kids to be smarter than me? Like, I look at Sharp's son and I'm like, how does he know how to, like, do all this? But he can barely, like, read. <laughs> like, he's a kid. Like, he's, like, four. And he knows how to, like, hook up a TV and do all of this. And do all- and then he just got a phone. So They're so, so smart. Voice, and I'm like, so what? Wild. Wild. <laughs> like, smart. Just wicked smart. And I'm like, wow. Like, I just feel for the parents like I feel for y'all because it's like you have to it's a whole mm-hmm. new wave of parenting our parents never had to touch so you have to teach them about like everyday life things even the new talks about like being a black mm-hmm. person in America that's tough you gotta add that onto them and now you gotta teach them like how to act online mm-hmm. and reflects who you are as a person whether you want it to or not so <laughs> how do you deal with that because I know your son's really young but you have always been like the progressive parent I look up to like how do you navigate, like, plan to navigate these talks with your baby? Um, actually, that is a great question. And um, we talk a lot. I feel like we talk a lot about um, race and skin and just being, because probably the first instance I've had was, um, well, one of the first instances, he was in a daycare class and he loved to hug people. He loved to kiss people people he's one and his teacher called him aggressive and so wow you know that doesn't make me happy you're calling my one-year-old black son aggressive so we had a conference with the school director um her boss and um his dad and me and we said and i told her i don't want him in her class anymore this is what she's gonna do you know because she's putting this narrative on my child and he he can't even speak yet and you don't get to, you don't mm-hmm. get to put these narrative on my, you don't get to put this narrative on my child because there's like some distinctive things that kids remember and they remember how you treated them. We talk a lot about that though. You know, he knows that he is he knows he's black. He knows he's blackity black. I feel like I let him be as black as I possibly can. If he wants to be loud, um, <laughs> he can be loud. He can be. I don't. He can be loud in his own house. If he wants to speak in AAVE, he can say stuff like that because I'm not. I feel like I don't want him to have to shrink himself to to fit in with, um, you know, anybody. But the more harder right. conversation is now he's asking for siblings, and it's kind of like. Do I really want to bring another potentially black male or even black female in this world? Um, because I feel really bad that I brought him into this world, no, like, and it's just awful. Um, you know, we watch a lot of black shows, especially now Netflix and Hulu. They're getting all the. We watch a lot of black shows. We see a lot of like positive black families, um, and we just we just keep it. I feel like we keep it really real. Like, hey, we only call the 911 for like the ambulance or the hospital um you know if there's ever an emergency we have to we're, we're gonna speak it out you know um we decolonize our <laughs> so you know we're not reading like fucking angel we're not reading like fucking angelfish and stuff who are reading <laughs> hey man 
Get it's off the egg and fish, that's though. That's the only thing I can think of, but no, we do have that. Like, so we do have that. And like, hey. and chicken, chicken, boom, boom and stuff. But yeah, we have a, yes. we have a, we have a lot of, we have a lot of black books. Um, But with technology growing, because like, I know you, you've been, you know, talking about his fun little messages and stuff, Sharp. How do you like plan or not plan to, I guess you already are like navigate the whole internet conversation too, like, because, you know, he's only going to get older. And, like, I remember there was, like, mm-hmm. scary stuff going on with kids stuff on YouTube. I don't even want to get into that because scary. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, just with yeah. that, you know, because we get new phones and they just, they see the bells and whistles just like we do. So, like, how does that work? As, especially with a kid because they're getting them so young now. You yeah. Know? You have no choice. Yeah. Almost. I, I mean, I feel like, so the phone that he has is literally like the iPhone 4. <laughs> um. <laughs> and um, it only works on Wi-Fi. So if we're in the car or something, it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, he uses it to take pictures. We don't even have YouTube on there. Um, we downloaded, you know, a couple of games, um, a couple of games. He does have um, an iPad that does have Internet access. And I feel like the only reason why I would want to um, protect him, not to like, you know, I want him to Google. I want him to be able to find stuff on his own. I want him to be able to do research. But it's such like a it's such like a hard thing because there are some really just like we were talking about earlier. There are some really mean people on there. And I think that's why I don't want him on the Internet as much like even like in photos, because if I ever have a platform, I speak a lot about black people and so I would you know people there's not a lot of people that like that there's not a lot of people that understand and I don't ever want to have to put myself in a situation where I have to go to somebody's house to find them because they threaten and stuff like that because that happens oh you know? god so <laughs> we I monitor his um his tablet time like a hawk um if he's on his tablet he's right by me he's working right beside me um you know his his grandparents do too and so um you know but for the most part we we play outside a lot we do a lot of stuff that doesn't include tablet tablet time and downtime and if we're watching movies and watching stuff we're watching stuff together um so he's hardly ever on like youtube and stuff like that but yeah it's just like such like a it's just such like a fine line of man i don't want you i don't want you to experience this too early because once the world like gets a hold of you you know a lot of a lot of stuff like a lot of stuff can happen and i'm just not you know i'm just not ready for that because once he enters school like kindergarten next year it's going to be a completely Mm -hmm. different story we're going to be having completely different conversations so i love how shara braises her son to the point where like at one point during the summer we were on the phone all day every day whilst we worked from home and she was like you know, balancing her job and his e-learning and everything, but then in between, <laughs> it was like retro. Like I was hey. back home with my mom back in the day. Like they're watching that. So like, they're they're watching, time capsule. Like, all of, like the cool. <laughs> yeah, like she mm-hmm. stayed on that uh, that uh, Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't sue us, Disney, because we do not have the like, <laughs> I don't care if you sponsor us, but please don't sue us because. We ain't that big mm-hmm. yet. That's the kind of mother I want to be. Just like somebody still staying true to herself because let's keep it real. We still watch them. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, do you like this? Oh, sure. You can watch this whenever yeah. you want, you know? But also just teaching him lessons and, and things that our parents didn't get a chance to teach us because it's not like we can talk to our parents right. and be like, so how do I teach him about the internet? They'd be like, I don't even know how you learn. 
You know, like my mom tells that story about me <laughs> all the time. Hacking yep. computers at her job, you know, like all yeah. this stuff. Sharp, so, I just want to, you know, I just want to commend you like, for for how you're raising just, your child because, and what you said oh. with your story about the teacher calling <laughs> him aggressive early on, kids do remember things like that. I, or another black boy in our class mm-hmm. put sand in my hair because he said my hair wasn't like Sarah's and Becky's, and I remember that. Right, oh, hell oh. No. my mom get. Mom. <laughs> what did your mama do, girl? How was this right. funeral? Was this funeral <laughs> lit for? So my mom, she got a repass. Like, 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 what color are my classmates? What color am I? And it was like peach and brown, and not black and white. And the next day, she had my hair up and braided up and yes. beads and all of that. And then all the Sarahs and Becky's like, "Oh my God, can I get my hair like that?" I'm like, "No, my hair is special." <laughs> so it's just like little things like that that kids Hello. do remember. So I just want to commend you, Shar, for just you know being active and and just taking control. Because I know I don't know personally, yeah. but as I get older, I just see more and more of what mothers and fathers and just parents do. And I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all good. Y'all got that, okay? I'm gonna cheer over here from my corner. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, they having gotta kids go better. The, the thought of having kids scares the shit out of me. I don't even, I mean, whenever I was younger, mm-hmm. I used to always say that I wanted kids. And now I'm almost certain that I'm probably not going to have them. Though I want them, I don't think I will because of like what Char was saying. Like, it just is like a really scary thought to have a kid and like all the different things you have to watch out yeah. for. And plus, like, bringing them yeah. into the world as it is today, I'm just like, I don't think I should do that without having, like, some sort of guilt on my conscience. Because though mm-hmm. I want them in this world, yes. and that might be a partially selfish reason, it's like, I can't 100%, like, obviously there's no way, there's no there's no way for me to know if that kid will want to endure what the world has in store for them. And that's mm-hmm. just kind of like a scary thought <laughs> altogether, because even whenever she was talking about you know the teacher saying that he was aggressive honestly i didn't even think of uh of like how he might carry that with him or if he will carry that with him i was thinking about the aspect of how whenever she pins that on him now he wears that and now the rest of the world sees that so now he has majority most likely majority of other white people seeing aggressive 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 so now these kids they attribute black with aggressiveness and obviously that can go into like a whole domino effect of later on in life, how that can possibly be like essentially like a death sentence. Sometimes I don't think that while yeah. I have like I have friends of all colors and all races and whatever. So I'm not trying to like shit on anybody. I'm just saying sometimes I don't think that like white America thinks about the weight and the responsibility right. of the words that they say in regards mm-hmm. to black people. Oh, and a lot of times. Yeah, it's, a lot it's of very times. frustrating because some, it's because I feel like so many times, especially online, you see like a lot of white people go, <laughs> why does everything have to be about race? Why do black people make everything about race? Well, mm-hmm. everything has to be about race if it can affect your life or Hello. if it can affect if you live tomorrow. So we're taught from such a young age that everything yep. has to be about race. Like, because again, that can be a death sentence. Whereas you can go through life what you do and not think about it. Like if the whole world is catered to being white, of course, you never think about race. So that's just like a really interesting right. thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend actually Uh-oh. G-check me yesterday because uh, I made a joke about them. And they were like doing something like nice, but they were doing it in a joking way. Like, no, nah, fuck that. You you going to be here. Stop being a little shy ass nigga. You know, stuff like that. You know, whatever. Just gassing somebody, uh, gassing just random people up. 
And I made a joke like, oh, he's being aggressive, you know, whatever. And I meant it in jest or whatever, but he G-checked the F mm. word out of me because he was like, hey, man, don't be adding to that mm. narrative about me. And I'm like, whoa, I'm thinking, you know, I, I know you weren't being aggressive and I know this, but right. I don't think about what he goes through as a black man, a very tall one of this, you know. You know how I'm talking about. Yeah, so I'm no, I, I, I think. <laughs> like yeah, he always yelling at me for some shit. Anyway, like, <laughs> but like, if it, and honestly, I'm so open to receiving criticism. So it, ninety percent of the time, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> but for the most part, like, mm -hmm. it gave me a whole new perspective, even in how I joke, because I'm the type to make you know jokes when I'm nervous and and things like that, or not even that, just like. I tend to push buttons a little bit and not even intending to. And I think because I'm familiar with a person, I can go Absolutely. there with them. But there are trigger yeah. words for everybody, whether you mm -hmm. think they're stupid or mm -hmm. not. And to pin that on him, although, yeah, I am joking around and the situation is fun and lighthearted, but somebody else listening to that who doesn't know our relationship could be like, yeah, he is kind of mm -hmm. going a little hard on them. Like if they don't, you know, and I don't want Context to think that about my friend. And I don't want them right. to think I'm perpetuating that either. So I had to learn like certain words like that can really like, cause I don't know how often mm -hmm. he's heard that. That could just be something that like we say. Yeah. Out of that could be trauma for him. He's like trauma, you know? And I think about like, cause I hear y'all telling y'all stories and I have a traumatic racist story that I didn't even realize mm -hmm. was that bad until I got older. Cause I felt like it got handled. But then when you think about the like logistics of it, like, I remember being in the third grade and I'm going to say her name because I don't give a damn. Her name is Echo. And I remember her name because I always <laughs> thought that was a dope-ass name. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> now I don't. But it's anyway, not cool to put your Echo in some We were on the swing. <laughs> Man, Echo with this bullshit, bro. But she was like hogging the swing and they were all filled up with kids taking their turn doing, you know, honor code of children. And she's just swinging her <laughs> life away on the swing. So I'm just like, okay, uh, there's a line, bitch. Like, what's going on? I'm seven, I ain't got, you know, a long day. And I'm like, I'm nice, you know, and I'm, I'm like super nice, like nowhere near who I am now. Okay. I was eight or seven. And so I'm like, excuse me, Echo. Um, you've been on the swing a really long time and there's people waiting and, could you think, you know, you can have a turn and then when we're done, you can go? And so she says no. So I'm like, okay, I know she didn't just say no to me. So I asked her again. I'm like, well, recess is almost over, you know. You can go first mm, tomorrow. Wow. She goes, no, oh, you never. I'm going to say I'm black. No, you never. Mm. With an ER. And she's seven or eight, too, right? So... Thank God my mom taught me about some shit, you know, like people going to call you this or whatever, and this is what you do. So what did I do? I was like, huh, okay. And I was like, huh, all right. And I said that, I remember, and I walked my little ass, and people were looking at me like, what's that? What's happening? So I go up to this teacher, and I go, Miss So-and-such, <laughs> that girl, and I pointed at her all dramatic. I was like, she called me the N-word. And so she goes, I'm sorry. She said, what? And I said, that girl called me a nigger. And I said it real hard. And I said, her on the swing, Echo Bailey. I don't give a fuck what she gonna do. Like, so uh, she's like, 
I've never seen a teacher act this ignorant in my life. Normally, they'll go, you know, calmly go snatch them off the playground. She goes, Echo Bailey, you get over here right now. <laughs> I never saw her again. Mm. She killed Echo for you. That's <laughs> a real teacher. I feel like she got We need more teachers like that. Whatever. And she was not white. She was, uh, I feel like she was uh, Arab. Yeah, she was okay. definitely like Arab or Persian or something. But yeah, totally went off. Because the other white teachers, I did not know where they were. And I, she wasn't even my teacher. That's what's wild. And I, I remember that woman to this oh, day. Totally and yeah. I'm friends yeah. with her daughter. So, cause, because of that. She don't even know I'm friends with her because of that. But like, I just, you know, I just, I held on to that. And for the longest time of my life, I was like, I don't think I've experienced anything racist because I felt like I handled it. But even thinking about that, I kind of feel bad for her because yeah. her mama and daddy taught her that shit. So yeah. like, to bring a child into a world full of adults who are teaching kids like that, bad things there's no fucking like limits to what can happen at this point and i like i like valencia said i commend you for even like because i'm so glad i didn't tell my mama that oh hell I'm yeah you was upside <laughs> Rightfully so. I that recently in therapy <laughs> like she's like why did you tell me that and i was like girl because uh right like i knew what that <laughs> what's crazy about you know like and what's I, crazy I about racism is that kids, i feel like whenever man. if you like if you ever encounter like a racist person especially like as an adult because i've i've personally encountered racism like from birth you know until even currently like and what's crazy is like whenever racists like you know speak their like their racist like rhetoric out loud, I feel like they kind of say like in this "ha gotcha" kind of like tone, and I'm like, you just got yourself. Like you know, being racist doesn't sound cool, right? It doesn't sound good. Like it makes you sound ignorant as fuck. Like you look really fucking dumb very loudly right yep. now. So I kind of let like the racism of like their own racism kind of work against them. I'm like, do you see anybody like applauding you? Do you see anybody else like cheering you on? No, because you look fucking dumb right now, bro. Like, <laughs> you just got yourself. Like, you were trying to get me, but you got you. So mm-hmm. how do you feel? And they know that too, because if you ever call a white person oh, racist, oh my yeah, god, extremely offended. <laughs> not. <laughs> I am not. Hella different. I think I have a black. I think the thing is though, like the. Here's the thing. The people that are just like overly like inward this, inward that, all this kind of stuff, like those are the people that like, you know what, that, you know what, I mean, it still sucks, but I can respect that. It's the people that honestly that create the systems, like the teachers that don't think they have implicit bias, the medical professionals, the police officers, the people that think, oh, I don't see color. All co-. Those are the people that I do not want my son to be around or in any because those are the people that do like the most yeah. the people that don't think that they have anything wrong with them. Those are the people that I grew up with. Those are the people I remember y'all sixth grade. I was at my friend's house. Her white mom said. Hey, I wish I can tan as as I wish I can tan like you, Sharp. And I was like, "What? Oh, no. Wait, what? What?" Mm-mm. I left her house that night, and I said, "Mom, I'm never. I don't. I, I never want to talk to her again. Like, I never want to talk to her again. Like, that wasn't. That's not okay. That's not okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't want Matt to be around those people that say those kind of slick things, and you have to like rethink and like, wait a minute, like what? Like, or, you know, you're, you know, I'm not racist against black people, but you're not like those. those oh, my like, gosh. Those you're one of the good ones. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's the word. I've had no, black men so say that to me, That bro. is so dangerous. And like, I don't like I've, that bullshit at all. Right. Like, that's, no, right. that's unacceptable. 
So that's why it's just like, man, I don't, I mean, it's everything sucks. Like, but I can more so respect the ones that are just like so obvious Confederate flag, you know, wearing people than the people that just like, I don't really think, you know, anything's wrong. All lives, all lives matter. Um, you know, we all bleed the same blood. I'm like, and somebody have to check again. I've been G checked a lot in my whole life because I grew up in an area where we weren't necessarily colorblind, but the lines were blurred mm-hmm. just because it was extremely diverse. So I grew up like not being bothered by certain people saying the N word and stuff. And I had to be G checked. Like, why are you giving them a pass to say this, bro? Because if you go into their everyday life, they don't talk about, they don't talk like this around their parents. They trying to appeal mm. to you, like you some caricature and not just you as a person. And I'm like, damn, you right. They playing me. Like, like they laughing at like the mm-hmm. words of my oppressor mm-hmm. in my face. Like that's how I feel, you know? And so I had to grow and, and think about that. And I, I tell people, Hey, Oh, I got a friend now. I'm like, Hey bro, it may or may not bother me depending on the day, but I'm going to tell you like this. I am not going okay. to protect you in front of other people. What do you mean? You gonna... I'm like, this ain't the club, boo. This ain't, this ain't, this is real life. So if you decide you want to get a little bit too comfortable, <laughs> yeah. I am black first. Well, then I am black like, first no, before I, I am your friend. I never, I never and that. I'm probably going to have to beat your ass. Like, because you don't know. And this isn't me right. giving you a pass, because frankly, you need to quit. I told you it's going <laughs> to depend on the day. <laughs> but I Numbered. said, but them days <laughs> running real short, sis. Super short. You got one or two more before I'm probably just going to well on you mm-hmm. before they do. And, and <laughs> said it again. So it's like the fact that mm-hmm. I got, like, I'm still learning every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm learning what things are wrong that I've been doing or what things are right that I've been doing, you know, whatever. But we all have the opportunity to learn, but there's a willingness for it. And I don't think these people are wanting to learn. Like, the fact that there is racism in 2020 is just astonishing to me. Like, because people haven't accepted the fact that it's okay to be different. It's okay to have a race. We don't have to do one extreme or the other. It's, it doesn't have to be all about race, and it doesn't have to be not about race at all. As long as we embrace each other's differences and respect them, that's all that matters. So why <laughs> is that so fucking hard? <laughs> We're telling you how to do it, and you have pushback on every single thing we say. I think it's that do people it for everybody grow else. up like in mm. these people grow up in their households people grow up in their bubbles with their fan with their friends and their family and so let's say that i'm a white person and i've grown up around mostly nothing but white people my entire life i have the bias of categorizing my friends and my family as good people so i think of them as good people so if i'm now told that like a norm or a way that we talk or a way that we operate is inherently racist to another group of people then I'm like, unbelievable. Like, no, there's no way because those are good people. We would never be racist. So mm-hmm. they have like this disconnect where if they think of somebody as good, then they can't be racist or what they're doing. Just There's no way it can be racist, even though it easily can be. But I don't understand the whole thing about like needing to... Like, I think it's a very common thing for people to be like, oh, I you know gained this black friend and I, I learned they were just like me or they had all the same struggles I do or they have the same struggles plus more. So now I'm not racist towards this group of people. And I kind of hate that only because I feel like that's grade school. Like 
me personally, in my life, I've never encountered, I haven't encountered a, a lot of Middle Eastern people, but I don't have to encounter them or be friends with them to, like, not be racist towards them. Like, I'm just naturally not because I'm a decent person. Like, I don't understand the whole, like, needing to befriend somebody right. or needing to, like, be in contact with somebody to not be an asshole towards, like, their race. Like, it's so weird to me. That's just mm-hmm. a weird concept. Mm-hmm. I've just always learned how to accept the person like as who they are and not by who they affiliate with. Like I know the 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 mm-hmm. the, the term birds of a feather flock together. That's that and that can be true to some, you know, certain things, but I think we as a people have become reliant on yeah. like hyperbolic speak as truth. So like, you know, cause People make prejudice jokes. <laughs> you know, I'm queen of offensive jokes, okay? Like, I have a very thick skin. But when you start using that in everyday life and not having, you know, prefaces or, like, telling people, hey, this is what this is or whatever, or when people just accept it as normal and using it in outside settings or whatever, things get blurred and now everybody's like offended and there's the one side who's afraid to say anything and there's the other side who's just like free-witted and don't give a damn. It's just so much going on with it and it's just like, it's being taught from generation after generation and it's just I like, I hate it. I hate it so much because it's like we can do our best and we can put out all this work and people unfortunately are dying for the cause. But is like, what more can we do before people can understand? Like we can, like it's a simple concept, but why is it so hard? You have to understand, you have to be willing to look inside yourself. If I can look inside myself and have my friends be check me about little things right. here and there and big things here and there, why can't you do the same? And that's it. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to this, but that could be for other reasons outside of the color of your skin. Because mm-hmm. I can't that help part, that, that bro. part. And I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Like I don't. I don't want to. Like dislike me for some other shit. Like I talk a lot. I cuss a lot. You know, I'm, I do a lot of bad person things sometimes. But like because I'm black, like okay, uh, I'm sorry I didn't have that option. Right. Like, look at my parents. Like, look at their parents. That's like, why I'm friends with you and the people that I'm friends with personally. Because I, I feel like there's a type of person, or I feel like it's more normal than not for people to think that oh, if this person is critical of me to any extent, then they are not my friend. Like. Uh, or like they, they don't they don't really rock with me and i think it's the exact opposite i'm the most critical of people that i'm friends with because i just hold you to a higher standard exactly. i care about you and i care about you too much to have you out here looking fucking goofy or inconsiderate and not check you on it so i absolutely like i absolutely hate yes men and i refuse to have like yes men around me i always encourage like all my friends i'm like hey if i'm if i say something ignorant if i do something wrong if you don't like the way that i maybe cheated a girl or something like that, like, please let me know what it is I did wrong and what I need to do to fix it because I don't want to be out here looking fucking goofy or being, like, inconsiderate or being, like, an asshole or whatever. So I need everybody to be the most critical with me. The more critical you are of me, like, the better friend I consider you, actually. Yeah, we need people to check our blind spots. I think that's, yeah, I think friends should definitely be able to tell each other, like, hey, man, you fucking up. You you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't. And I think when those lines start disappearing, <laughs> I can talk about lines and blurring and shit. When those, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's a metaphor, shit. No, but when you know those, when those things, you know, when we lose sight of that, I'm like, 
I feel like with friends, it's more important to have that in your life. Like, I feel like because with family, you always going to be family, whether I like it or not. But with a friend, I feel like that relationship is really, really Facts. special because we are choosing to have each other in each other's life. At any moment, we can leave. So <laughs> if we know that we have this relationship with each other and that's what it is, a relationship, and why do we, you know, want to tippy toe around each other's things? Like, we can't just tolerate things. Just out of the sake of friendship, we need to be able to tell each other, like, hey, this is kind of messed up that you did this or that you said this and the other not be, you know, offended or whatever. And we just grow and learn together. And if it does end at that and there's no resolution and or, you know, compromise because people I feel like just people look down on friendship like it's just corny to like love a friend and eject your friend and stuff because it's like, oh, you know, your friend, they know your people. Hell yeah, that's really your like, They are, though. Like you've been knowing this person, you yeah you you foster this relationship and you want to make sure you get the best out of it. I mean, there's friends who we amicably just you know split apart. I have no ill will towards them. I have nothing to say about them. We just don't vibe no more, and that's okay. And then I have friends who we've gotten through things and we've gotten through fights, and it's been tough, but we do it. So it's like we need to do that and. That's the kind of relationships that we can build this world for our kids now and teach them how to do it. And then their kids and their kids like we it just takes a bit of humility and I guess self-awareness. And I feel like once people do that, things can start to change. But nobody wants to do that because everybody's all entitled and thinks they're <laughs> shit and they're not. People don't like to consider the fact me, that they're that they're not but, always right. Which is, I don't know, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I know whenever the few times that I've been like checked by somebody, my whole thing is I do have like the knee jerk reaction to like want to excuse myself or explain myself further. But then here lately, I've just been like kind of easing that back or reeling that back. And I'm like, explain, like, tell me more why I was ignorant or tell me more of how you interpreted that as ignorant. Because even though I know in my heart, I might not have meant it that way. Like, let me know again how to better communicate it because, again, I can't. There's like it's like just the whole thing about communication. Like, I'm it might have to be my ignorantly. So, like, let me consider the fact that I might not be right in the situation, even though I had good intentions, and then you know, teach me better so that I know better. Yeah, that's really great that you said that, and I think it's important that we give exactly. ourselves grace and others. I mean, um, it was mentioned earlier with the first G check story about saying your friend was aggressive and he was like, wait, don't go into that narrative. But on a different day, we might have a different reaction to what our regular joking with each other is. So allowing us to give ourselves grace in those moments, mm -hmm. because we know what the weight of the world is on our shoulders for our culture. And so we may not, oh, we just yeah. need to check in with each other a little bit more like, hey, how you feeling? Are you good? I may joke with you a little bit heavier this day because I just need to laugh a little bit, but let me know if you're ready to receive these roasting sessions. Like, just checking in. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, everything that you, that y'all said is like really, I feel like really hands-on, but I'm always going to bring this to this. Um I feel like everybody needs therapy and it's so just um, because I, the thing is, I never thought I was like perfect. I never thought anything was like that. But since I've been in therapy, I can see why. OK, I can see why I did this. I can see why I reacted. And I actually was talking to my therapist today and we've been talking about some really heavy stuff about some 
beliefs that I've been believing for a really long time. So that's kind of shaped the way I've done a lot of things. And it's like, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been thinking that way. And so we just had to re redo some stuff and we worry some stuff and, and how we um, do stuff. So I just, I mean, yeah, be gentle with yourself, but you also have to, I mean, if you're not willing to hold yourself accountable, then maybe you need to get in therapy to, to have somebody else hold you accountable, but you also have to be willing to do that work and hear the hard stuff. Like mm. you're not that great. Mm-hmm. Facts. I, lo- I love therapy. You're I'm not. glad you brought that up. Yeah. That's amazing. Super essential. Therapy is how that's awesome. Not normal, talk about how this. that's not the norm yeah, is the beyond me. Like, I keep telling people now because I've went to therapy yeah. before or I've been going for a while and I tell everybody, I'm like, it's whatever you think about it, it's like the same as like whenever you're doing maintenance on your car, how you go in every so often to get, you know, your oil changing, your tires rotated and stuff like that or new wiper blades. Like, if we're not doing that with our mental, then like how rusty under the hood is that? Like, how under the hood, how rusty is that? Shit? Mm. How unmaintained is that? Yeah. Shit? Like, that's and for it to be mental and for that to affect everything about us right. and how we communicate with others, like letting it, like mm-hmm. us going so long without mental health check-ins or without like therapy of some sort is like so dangerous, not only to ourselves, but to others that we're in relationships with. Like it's insane. Yeah, that's for sure. Like I think therapy should be a part of like major health plans because <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of people don't even know that it's not like a lot of people are getting like secondary insurance just to cover mental health or, you know, overusing the EAP programs at their job, which I do love, by the way, especially if you have a good one. But a lot of people just need, you know, steady consistency right. and not just a few sessions at a time. And, you know, and I think that it's you know we're lacking a lot of things that i think could really help make this world a little better and it's just due to a lot of unfortunately selfish people you know like oh they feel like because they don't need that everybody Mm -hmm. like everybody could benefit from therapy even normal people even seemingly normal people have issues and i mean I feel like, you know, if you have healthy coping mechanisms, if you are a functional Mm -hmm. human being and you know right from wrong, you still need it. You know why? Because one, like, there's going to be a day, like, you you all have questions about yourself. You're going to, you know, I just feel like therapists have therapists. Yes, they do. Normal, if I'm being honest. I can Right. That's what we said last. (laughs) They have We call them grand therapists. They're awesome. That's what we said last time. I guess just the whole, like, it's people think you have to have something traumatic happen to you and the reason why I went to therapy was because something traumatic did happen however now I know how to like my coping my coping Mm -hmm. mechanisms are a little different like I'm able to kind of just like all right how is this making me feel I'm able to just take a breath like when I have anxiety I'm able to do stuff differently and before I didn't even know what anxiety was I just thought everybody felt like this like oh everybody doesn't feel like this everybody don't have Mm -hmm. this everybody don't do this and it's like no 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 so yeah yeah, if you wear like that that weighted vest of anxiety, it's so weird how like normal that can start to feel. Like you're like, oh, this is just life. Like everyone right. goes through this, but it's like, oh, like no, like there's like things I can do to make this like this weighted vest of anxiety mm-hmm. lighter. Like I don't have to be wearing this shit twenty four seven. This is wild. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Man, I I was talk- talking about that recently because like 
somebody was asking about like I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups. Me and Sharp, that's like we know there's a good story where it's like so I'm one of my Facebook groups, you know. <laughs> and I'm actually in one talking about like black women and mental health, and I'm not gonna you know dive deep too much in in that, but it's just a good support group of people, and like I I was telling them, you know. Um, not to put my business out there, but I really don't care. But I had to get on like antidepressants for a little bit, right? And it wasn't because of that, but it hit, like basically <laughs> I had something and they gave me medicine that I knew for a fact made me moody as hell. And I'm like, I already deal with depression mm-hmm. and I've been dealing with it in a decent way, but with this, I'm not. So <laughs> what mm-hmm. are we going to do about this? Because I know this medicine works for this, but I need this, you know? So this was like my first time as an adult, like using antidepressants. And there were people in the room, like documenting their journey on it. And so I decided to document mine and, you know, of course the physical stuff out the way, but I started talking about how it actually helped with my like anxiety and depression. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and cap to people and be like, Oh, I'm on medicine and mm-hmm. it's all gone. But life is just a little bit easier for me. Like, like, I don't think about that time in the third grade where I, you know, had to go to the lost and found and wear a small ass shirt and I was embarrassed. You know, like, I don't think about the time where, you know, I said something really messed up to my friend and now they hate me forever. Like, I just think about my normal anxieties, like my mm. work with, or I can compartmentalize better and stuff. And I think when people have again that self-awareness to realize that therapy is a mm-hmm. process because I think a lot of the time At people all. think it's like a uh-huh. quick fix and it's not like it's a long long process sometimes never ending and you just have to uh-huh. trust the process and trust that it's gonna work like I've been in therapy you know on and off for about uh, six years now like officially you know I've had three, four, five different therapists, you know, it takes a while to find your right one. And then when you find your right run and they move and they <laughs> go so anyway. And it's just like all these things, you know, like problems can happen. But if you trust the process and even when you have situations like mine, the process is utilizing those tools that those people have given you, even when they're not there. That's the point. It's not to get better and to not be crazy anymore or to not be schizophrenic anymore or to not be not depressed or not be anxious. It's to how to cope with it. And people don't realize that that's what it is. You don't learn how to do something in a day. You don't learn how to do something in a couple of sessions. Hell, even on your job, you could be there for 10 Mm -hmm. years and you learn a new way or a different way to do something. So it's just a process. And like Trevor said, like it's like a bill it's like a part of maintenance you go to get your car service you go to the grocery store why not make sure your mind is tuned up like a checkup like hey you good (laughs) i'm good okay cool and then just try it once i just that's my philosophy with everything in life just try it one time if you don't like it i think therapy yeah one time is really like three (laughs) because it is a process but like you know try it a couple of times if you don't like it it's not for you but find something another way to deal with mm-hmm. your issues because they're not gonna go away at least not overnight it is possible to heal from certain things but some things you just gonna carry with you that's human nature but if you realize and you trust that process and realize it's just gonna happen as well long honestly as alive, not, i so. mean whenever <laughs> people don't find an outlet it. for their trauma or their depression or whatever it is that they're going through I honestly think of it as like a very, um, I, again, like I don't mean to like shit on people necessarily because I was definitely one of those people. So I'm in, I'm in that same boat. 
But um, before I like went to therapy, I kind of was like in denial that I kind of like needed to go to therapy for a while. I kind of I was like, no, nah, I got it, I got it, I can do this on my own. I don't need to see anybody, I don't need to talk to anybody. And that weight kept getting heavier and heavier. And then the thing that finally made me go was just thinking to myself and uh, thinking to myself, journaling, and also like listening to different podcasts and stuff like that. I started to see that again, whenever I don't deal with my shit, it builds up on me. And then I definitely have a tendency to take it out on other people. And so I'm so in my head, I was basically like, oh, I'm not even only going to therapy for me. I'm going to therapy for everyone else that I'm mm-hmm. around because they have to deal with my shit. So for anybody to like not go to therapy or for them to be going through something, but like not take that step towards going whatever. It's also a thing of you're putting other people through stuff, people that you love and that you care about. You're putting them through unnecessary bullshit by not going and just kind of getting it out of the way or trying it at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's very like, who are you to say you don't need this kind of help, especially if you feel like you've done everything? Because that was me. Like, I tried yep. different things, like just hanging out with my friends more or talking to my family more or all of the things people use as excuses until they just didn't work anymore. Like, you don't realize the emotional burden you put, you put on people around Facts. you as well. And just as a friend, I would want to be that. Like, like I, I mean this respectfully, but certain things you just can't yeah, I'm we're not, not meant to take that on. I, I don't know how to help you the way that you mm-hmm. need to be helped. I can, I can, I can help you in a way that I would like to be helped with what things you normally like. But if it's something that I, nothing I'm doing is working, you need somebody that's equipped to help you with that. And I'm there to support you with your journey. I'm there to step with you side by side if you want to share. If you don't, I'm always going to support that. But to put that. Uh, Sharp called them emotional vampires and she had talked about it with like some things going on in her life and I was like damn have I been there to some people oh, I, I was re- that girl I went down there to like a plague and I was just like I don't want to go <laughs> I don't want to go because they're going to tell me I'm this and that like not wanting to have self actualization and was avoiding it so bad that I'm dumping it on other people and they're just like girl I mean yeah you'll things will get better and then I'm mad because they're <laughs> yeah. saying that but I'm like what do I expect them to say <laughs> you know so it's a cycle of anxiety over and over again so I'm like just try it and then if you don't go back to your life because clearly you okay with living it that way and there's nothing wrong with that like that's you we all I was just gonna say humans, every single person just knows try it, bro. Like, I feel like if each one of us or anybody listening to this asked uh like five people at least one of those five people is going to say, like, if you said, hey, do you, do you think I need to go to therapy? At least one of those five is going to say yes. Like, <laughs> That's for sure. We all need it. Like, some, if you don't think you need it, someone in your life <laughs> definitely thinks you need it. So, trust me, we all need it. Mm-hmm. We do. So, we want to switch it. Yeah, we've been in the deep end. A little more light, because, y'all, we've been I was, talking about it. I was talking about it. How did we get here? <laughs> but we are Im- implementing... A set of questions that we like to ask all of our snacks of the week. And because it was Sharb's brilliant idea, I think she should do it. <laughs> I think, you know, why not making our show more cohesive? Because, you know, Dariel is a hot mess. So okay. you go, Sharby. Let's do our snack time okay. questionnaire. So, yeah, just like Dari said, these are just some questions that I feel like just helps us get to know you, um, make a little bit more personable and, you know, just see what's going on. So what 
I'm going to ask both you guys, and you guys can both obviously answer. Um, what is a go-to snack whenever you're happy? Like, what is your favorite thing to snack on when you're, like, really happy? You go first this time. Or hi. For me, <laughs> I like that. So... <laughs> really quick like interesting backstory so my mom uh growing up my mom like smoked two packs of cigarettes a day so she was always going to the store every single day and to get me and my brother to stop Mm -hmm. being like mom you shouldn't smoke you shouldn't smoke whatever each time she would basically bribe us (laughs) to shut up with candy so she'd always get a candy so i grew up with a lot of candy so i'm actually not even a huge candy person anymore so um my occasional like guilty pleasures are uh any form of like ice cream and graham crackers that's my that's oh. my thing mm. yep that's nice my combo. shit graham crackers um my og snack yes. is oatmeal cream pies i love them Ooh. so much. Good. like it's my happy place <laughs> and during the pandemic I've rediscovered my love for Cheez-Its. So that's mm. that's my two go-to. So, <laughs> we've been talking for two hours to kick this out. Wow. We just said it's either gonna go real over or real under. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've been talking for two hours, bro. I love it. <laughs> this is what happens when you bring, bring the best, best friends friend. together, bro. We just all <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm so happy it cut off on a part where it was like okay yeah. and thankfully yes, like 30 minutes perfect. of it is when we had lost charms so it's like okay it's not gonna be too long so yeah yeah we're good, we're good. <laughs> back okay. to shit. yeah this all where do you go <laughs> <laughs> trevor's not ugly at all y'all call my friends ugly Okay, <laughs> humble them no, I'm just okay. <laughs> we bite we bite okay thankfully it cut off at number two so all we gotta just do is start and finish that was perfect timing yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. that could be so easy to edit that first segment at the end <laughs> okay y'all alright Sharpie you ready yeah okay, okay. so uh, question number two is what do you um, snack on when you're sad? Like when you're just, it's just like one of those days where you're just really sad. <laughs> um, for me, okay, this is a safe place, right? It's, <laughs> <let's go. laughs> yeah. Super safe. Okay, so growing up, and my mom hates when I say this because my dad was a chef in the military and my mm-hmm. mom just knows how to cook. But mm-hmm. for some reason, comfort food for me is top ramen noodles. Hmm. Hey, like this was this like is before that's... college. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite flavor is like creamy chicken. A secondary yes. is the Oriental. Yes. But that is like a that's just another happy place for me. Like especially if I'm feeling down, like I just want some noodles and like put on a movie or something. I have a very important sub question. Before we mm-hmm. move forward, how do you fix up your noodles? Because I know you don't eat them straight out the pack. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling a little fancy, we're gonna do stove top, you know, nice mm-hmm. little water mixer in there. And so for me, I like to cook my noodles first and then add my seasoning in last. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use the packet seasoning. I might do some pepper, some onion powder, some garlic powder in there. 
I've done a little bit of like seasoning salt in there, but it's like the salt-free seasoning salt. Yes. And I like, I don't like my noodles to be like too watery, but they can't be dry either. It's got to be the right texture and consistency. Right. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my preference. By the, just, end, by the end, by the time I'm done, it's like real soup. We the same person, bro. I just figured <laughs> out how to stir fry my noodles on some like poor stir fry and I throw it on the stove with some vegetables and stuff if I got them in the fridge. But Listen. for the most part, when I make them, I make them just like that. Garlic powder, yes. pepper, a little bit of seasoned no. salt. Mm-hmm. Tony Shackery's. Come on, somebody. Come on. Somebody just <laughs> put the cheese in them. I feel like y'all would like so sweeties. So Wheaties, her, she, oh my makes, she makes noodles and um, she goes live and stuff. So listen, yes, that's like that is honestly the my obsession with her <laughs> is I don't even know I can't even speak whenever I talk about her because I I really yeah she's like, she's actually person? she's that she's is, impressive as fuck. I, I love Sweetie. I do too. We in the all booth, have the been kitchen, throwing slugs at her on the show. Yeah since we started so <laughs> so every time somebody talks about um noodles or something like that she'd be eating with hot chips and i'm like dog i just love who you are and mm-hmm. that is my per- y'all that whenever i think of somebody that is just like unapologetic unapologetically themselves i'm like that's her that's my sister yes right. so, i know yeah. that's right yeah but we are definitely she ate them noodles that that, <laughs> yeah. that that look like she made spread like from prison and quavo was like you don't have to do this no more right, we, right. Got, we got money <laughs> we, we got food money. on the way <laughs> i was <laughs> okay 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 let's see oh trevor what's your what's your um sad food um, I would say pasta carbonara. That's so specific. Mm. Why? <laughs> the Sims. Goopy carbonara. Um, just because I think a lot Goopy of the time, well, well, first of all, I have like a really deep love of food. Like I used to be in culinary and stuff like that. So, and yeah. I come from like a long, like a big family of uh, cooks and chefs and whatnot. Like my brother yeah. on paper is a pastry chef, but he works for NASA. Like, don't ask me how that correlates. <laughs> don't ask me how that correlates because I don't get wow. it either. But he, he is. like He's a pastry chef on paper, but he works for NASA. My uncle yeah. is a chef, like an all-around chef, pastry included, but also regular uh, cuisine. But uh, my uncle is a chef on paper, but he's worked for AT&T for 35 years. Again, don't ask me how that correlates or why. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm so like I've always loved to cook since being a kid. Um, and I think a lot of time people think that uh, I think a lot of people have like this like laziness tendency about them. Like, oh, I'm not going to cook because it takes so much work. You have to get so much stuff out and you have to dirty up so many dishes. And that's not really true, just depending on what it is. And pasta carbonara is a really nice, warm, like feeling um, like comfort food. And it doesn't take yeah. a whole lot of stuff. It's really just pasta noodles um, whipped and warmed in a bit of egg and with like salt and pepper and some uh pork belly or bacon if you want to do that it's just those really simple things like and it's really it just makes you feel really warm and nice inside Mm -hmm. and um i just gained that love of food from uh watching a lot of people growing up but most recently my like culinary kind of uh idol has been um anthony porowski from uh queer eye like he makes stuff so fresh and simple and quick and I think there's like a type of person or like people who are like chefs by trade and they kind of like they kind of like look down or despise uh, like the kind of quick food method 
But I think, um, like, all this stuff, like, with uh, people kind of getting, like, on the Tasty app and whatnot, I think mm-hmm. anything that makes food more accessible and less intimidating for people to try and experiment with, I think that's amazing. Yes. I agree. And I'm about to get that recipe from you, Mickey. <laughs> Honestly, if you want to learn how to make it, there's the exact recipe, like, step-by-step step in Aziz Ansari's Netflix show, Master of None. Mm-hmm. He makes it in one episode, and I was like, oh, like, that's so simple. I was like, I could do that right now. And it took me a couple of tries, but I finally got it down to where it's, like, perfect. Perfect. Nice. Me and Sharp love to cook, so we might have a pasta carbonara challenge just oh, because he's Listen, I love to eat food. <laughs> Come on. I just Let's like, go. I just like Dinner party? carbonara. Carbonara. Because it's just funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. So currently, what are you watching on like Netflix, Hulu, any streaming service? What are you watching? Like, what is a show that you're just like, this is really good. Um, for me, it's the nostalgia. So I've already been to watch Girlfriends Half and Half. Yes. I'm in the last oh, season of One on One. I've recently, yes, girl. Listen, I just finished the Parkers yesterday, bro. I have nothing to watch. I, I just freaking, I love it here. Like, and honestly, during the pandemic, I rediscovered my love for anime. So I already, <gasps> I know, I know, I was out the loop for years. <laughs> I see why you and Starbucks friends. Girl, so oh I, my, my brother, my brother, my mom got him a Crunchyroll subscription like a couple months. The like, greatest mom he, ever. Listen, and so I was like, "Hey, what can I? What are you watching?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm watching this and this." I'm like, "How are you watching that?" So he was, he just texted me his uh, Crunchyroll stuff. He's like, "Here, man, I already know you're about to ask for it. Just take it." <laughs> yes. There, and I'm like, I. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been on uh, Naruto, Hunter X Hunter, One Piece, like all of all of it. Just getting my whole life. Uh Okay. So give me a starter anime to watch. Now I've seen Death Note. Okay. And I love this. Okay. So everybody usually tells me that's the one to watch. But and then there's another one, and I'm probably gonna butcher the name, but it's um somebody named JoJo. And some circus. <laughs> JoJo Jojo's magic circus. It's Jojo and or something like Yeah. And that one's pretty fun, mm-hmm. but I only You should watch, watch it. Full Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah, that's good. good. That's good. That's yeah, that's Trevor, you watch anime too, right? Yeah. Um I like so whenever I was younger, I used to watch Yu Yu Hakusho. That's what I first got into. Um I used to actually have a girlfriend when I was younger, a quote unquote girlfriend. And like sixth grade and it was really weird her entire family would gather around like 16 people and they would watch dragon ball z very like engaged they all do the plot lines like the dad the mom everybody i never mm-hmm. got into that but um currently my favorite uh anime is tokyo bull on hulu mm. i've watched dragon ball z um i just thought of it as like a, another cartoon, but I never realized this impacted anime. So I guess I'm an anime head because I've seen all of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and if you want to get more Americanized, of course you got Avatar. So yes, Avatar are great. You know, I want to catch the Avatar wave as an adult because that used to just irritate me when it came on after like iCarly and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. This is a boys' show. No, it's so, amazing. 
it, it, and what's so crazy I is that I watched it for the first time during the pandemic because every time I heard Avatar, I thought they were talking about the blue people. And, no. and finally, my friend was That's like, no, it's movie. the first one. It's the original one. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm going to watch Avatar just for you guys because I need a new like background show to watch. So good. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, Trevor, what are you watching? Um, so I don't think I'm watching anything like new or anything. I'm uh, one of those people who will run a show into the ground rewatching it. I mean, I've watched The Office probably literally like 18 times through. Um, yeah. what I'm currently watching every now and then, uh, Black Mirror, like I said, it's my favorite show ever. It's just, I feel like every time I watch it, I kind of get something new from it. I see something mm. that maybe, uh, three or four years ago was kind of wild and now it's came to fruition a bit and I'm like damn like that was even that long ago and it seemed like a scary concept three or four years ago and here we are now and it's kind of the norm which is weird so I think that's really yeah. like really a show that way I need cool, to watch cool. Black Mirror because I was really interested in that Make Your Own Adventure episode oh the movie Anderson. I watched that yeah I was hearing a lot of things about that, but I'm the type of person where I have to watch all of something before I watch the big something everyone's talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I haven't even done it. Cause I'm like, I know I have to sit through this and pay attention. That's a great show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a good show. I just, I, I didn't even start with the first episode because I don't even know. I started on like the second season, um, like three years ago. I started on like the second season and I just was hooked and it had Bryce Dallas Howard in there. So I was yeah. like, oh, yes. And so, um, yeah. And so it's just, it's just got, I feel like it's gotten better. Of course, some seasons are better than others, yes, but it's definitely. gotten better. It's, it's just so telling. It's just, yeah. they just tell a really good story. So, I am always down for that. I just, yeah, it's comforting too because I just like to know what I just like to know what's gonna happen. So that's I feel like that's why I don't watch a lot of new stuff. I have a lot of stuff saved on my list, and I'm like, man, I just like to know what's gonna happen. That's why I watch The Office every single night before I go to bed. What's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. I alternate between The Office and um, Parks and Rec. Like, when I'm done with The Office, I watch Parks and Rec. And then when I'm done with that, I watch The Office. I, I think, think everybody, everybody has those comfort <laughs> shows. My comfort show oh, yeah. is yeah. The Office, um, Simpsons, like, my comfort shows. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite dish to cook? For all breakfast is my favorite thing to cook because it's my favorite yep. meal ever. So whether I'm making some grits, Southern style, because I put sugar and not salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So whether I'm doing some pancakes, blueberry pancakes, pecan if I want to get fancy, or maybe we're doing some French toast with the cinnamon butter on the side. You know, gotta have the thick oh, yeah. of bacon. <laughs> And I love my bacon to be crispy, as in when I drop it, it shatters into a million pieces. Like that. Is <laughs> I ain't mad at juices. I like bacon. Yeah. Anyway, okay. it can be barely cooked or overcooked. It could be burnt. I'm probably gonna <laughs> eat it. It's bacon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the last question is, what is the last interesting thing that you googled? Uh, so yeah, whenever I watch stuff, I get randomly interested like in the characters, and I usually wonder what their net worth is. So I Google people's net worth oh. all the time, just out of curiosity. Same. I love watching people's pockets that aren't me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the last thing you Googled? Interesting Valencia. Rajon Rondo's home address so she can pull up. Oh my! <laughs> you thought I forgot? <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! So I am a recently a new cat auntie, and I say cat auntie because <gasps> I haven't really committed to being a cat mom yet. <laughs> Um, so I googled if kittens can eat carrots (laughs) yeah like like steam them so they're like kind of mushy and whatnot and just mush it into their food so that was the last thing I googled because I just wanted to make sure I'm doing this right (laughs) you know I'm freaking out right because I just got a new kitten too and you have to tell us about your baby so long story short um there were these well there was this one cat who was like a big cat that was coming around our backyard in october and we didn't think anything of it until two weeks later we saw three kittens around our house and we were like oh okay all right hi and so they were just out there doing their thing and uh, my dad gave them a piece of bread because they were trying to like come into our garage and they wouldn't let my dad come into the garage <laughs> so we we're like here's bread go over there we're gonna try to you know close the garage without y'all getting closed in or locked in the garage and so then two weeks later we only saw one of them around and so since they were three kittens originally i just named them bell bib Bell. i mean it obviously makes sense and nice. so <laughs> yes it obviously yes makes sense. and so um there was uh, one of them was a black cat and he came back around and it was so funny. I was doing a radio show and I was sitting by my window, which is by the backyard. And I saw it. I was like, what is this cat doing? But I tried to like act natural while I'm still doing this radio show because it's visual. And so I couldn't wait till the radio show went off. So I could go in the backyard. I was like, what are you doing here? Where's your brother and sister? Like he can really talk to me. Um, and so he was kind of around. We gave him some milk and just a little like leftover kind of like chicken rice thingy. And um, he, obviously, if you feed a cat, they do come back around. But we were just kind of playing it by ear. We weren't sure. And he kept coming back around. And so we've unofficially taken him into our backyard, not our home, because we're not really cat people. And I should also put this disclaimer. My dog passed away when I was, like, like 12 years ago. And so I I finally stopped being bitter about that about two years ago. So... (laughs) So yeah. it's it's kind of like a, a a full circle kind of moment. Like, okay, I think our household's ready where we can tolerate a pet being around. And so we kind of made a family decision. Like, okay, if this cat is still here in January, we'll look into like actually adopting it to a, a backyard cat or getting it some shots or something. That way, if it does leave the backyard, it'll be good wherever it goes. What was the last thing you Googled, Derry? Um, I looked up where Argyle, Texas was. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I didn't know what that was, and I heard somebody going in about it, and I was like, "That's West Texas, that? right?" I I don't know. I, I think it is. Looked. I think it's West Texas. <laughs> it's a suburb of Fort Worth, oh, I guess. Damn. But I'm like, <laughs> clearly, I don't I go right it was, there. Like, far away for some <laughs> it sounds far away. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Sharp? I feel like I shouldn't ask because <laughs> my last Google is about this murder I was watching. So this murder documentary. <laughs> I was so. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'd be like, are they in Just jail? Are they free? Did they right. solve this? Yeah. 
they made a movie about him and everything. So it was actually um, really good. That guy that plays the Cinderella man, he was in the movie. But oh, and Vanessa Hudgens was in it. Guy, y'all, he was he was like a real serial killer. He had a whole family and everything. And she was able to get away. He had him like chained and locked up and all this other stuff. She was able to get away. And um, it was crazy because he, he just hit him in like forests and stuff. Like it was uh, Alaska. And so, you know, there's like not anything out there. I've never been, but I'm assuming there's not anything out there. And it gets really cold. So he was able to like hide them for like months at a time. And they kept going missing and all this other stuff. And so I was like, uh, this looks like it happened recently. And, um, <laughs> is he, what's going on with his life? Where are his kids at? Are they in therapy? Because we all, mm. I don't know. I, I think but, we can, uh, I think we can all read between the lines. I mean, somebody called your son aggressive once and then you're like, Hey, how do I get away with the murder? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the last, that's the first and last time you will call my son anything of the sort. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, man. <laughs> like my thing is, if you're gonna be a murderer, be a murderer and accept your consequences. But you gotta like live a life of hiding bodies every three months or some shit. Like that's weird. Like <laughs> it's weird in a way, honestly. Because even those people, every now and then you hear about those murderers, or whatever. Who like that's like a game to them. Like they get tired of like nobody knowing it's them, and then eventually they start like leaving clues, and they're like, "Yo, it's literally me. Like it is me." Right. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they do do that. They, it's like the three of like being caught and then at the at, at one point they just like stop having that thrill and they're like okay can yeah you they're like this is not even board. fun anymore like, they're like the fact that you were so dumb but i don't want to murder anymore but the the google search before that though because i have all my tabs up the one before that is the lyrics to laugh now cry later by drake and Lil dirk and so <laughs> i was like who are they talking about when they say can you not play that little boy in the club because we don't listen to rap and it's mine <laughs> because i'm old i'm old you guys i don't know i'm like i feel like it must be the one with the colored hair that everybody hates the tattoo on his face and it was him it was so i was like wow they really said that google searches are way better than mine (laughs) i like that you guys can actually go back and look at yours because obviously i'm a nasty boy so i have all my stuff on private mode so there is no search history incognito i just have to go off off memory i'm like oh my god probably somebody's net worth honestly because i was watching I feel like this is the longest episode of Snack Time ever, and it's worth it, you guys. Please listen, and thank you for listening all the way through. And thank you for joining us, y'all. This was really good. I really, this was really good. I I had a really good time talking to y'all. Yeah, this was fun as hell. Y'all are fun, and we just want to thank you, like, both from the bottom of our heart. Like, this is our baby. Like, y'all don't understand. And just the fact that y'all have been so supportive and helping us out choose names to all the new pastries. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. All the pastries and just our support system. Y'all have been a huge part of that and we love you both. Thank you so much for it. And so all of our other pastries as well. You know, we couldn't choose everybody as much as we wanted to. We don't we don't have repeat when we do. <laughs> we'll have you guys on right. here. But we we thank all of you guys really for listening. A hundred, we're at one hundred and eight now. I feel like you know we feeling ourselves a little bit. I feel like, do we make we, it? We we almost there. Let's let's get to maybe at two hundred. We'll do another contest. I don't know. We'll see. Nice. Is this, is this what fame feels like? <laughs> is this fame? Oh my god! <laughs> but. We thank all of you guys for listening. Before we go, Trevor, tell them how they can reach you and hit you up. I am at Interweb Trev on all social media platforms. 
basic and straight to the point. I love it. And I meant basic, not in an insulting way. I realized that. No, that, no that's, that's how it's meant to be. I'm me online or in real life. IRL or URL, I'm the same person at Interweb Trail. Ooh, <laughs> put that on a shirt. Make that All my money. profiles are public. Make I mean, that money, man. Always creating. And what about you, Valencia? IRL or URL? I was like, yo, that's lit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm kind of along those same lines because you can find me across all social media sites at I am Valencia King because, well, I am Valencia King. <laughs> so, you know, by already, <laughs> girl, I am Valencia yes. King. Yes. Okay. Hey. And that's across That's what I call motherfucking socials. bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's across all socials. And the website is ValenciaKing.com. And the YouTube channel for all my latest sports, NBA Dallas Mavericks content is Valencia King TV. Keep your name in everything you do, girl. Hello. Even if you do like barbecue sauce. This is Valencia King barbecue. Oh, sauce. you already know. Valencia <laughs> King wood clippers. Valencia King. I gotta keep girl. this. Uh, I gotta keep this YouTube channel because I'm a huge, huge Dallas Mavericks fan. So if I catch any uh, Luca, I'm I'm Luca hive. So if I catch any Luca or Tristaps, um, you know, slander. <laughs> we, we might have we might have some words. I don't know. No, dude, no, my, last, my last two uploads um definitely feature Lucas, so definitely check those out. And since the oh, masks um you know are in the preseason right now, we got some fresh Luca content for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to subscribe right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and even though they should know, we gotta do it for the people who new to the show. Oh my god, I'm a rapper. Hey, oh my god. Anyway, Barbs. <laughs> How can they reach you on the social boo <laughs> bars? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at Sharby Sharp, and that is C H A R C. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute! I literally, y'all, it, I, what is this? J R B I E C H A R Triple B, and then on Twitter, it's Sharby Sharp C H A R. B I E C H A R B with one B. So close, but somebody took my name one time, so I actually wasn't able to do the same, which is kind of depressing. No, but same. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> Y'all know my struggles. <laughs> Y'all can catch me at what the hell Darielle on Instagram. That's W T H D A R I E L L E. And on Twitter, because I am in the appeal and fight for my life. It's Darielle, what the hell? It's the same thing, but backwards. And if you want to free me, please find a friend that works at Twitter and hashtag them free what the hell, Darielle, because I've learned my lesson. Okay, you guys, I need our platform back. Thanks, don't sue us. <laughs> All right, you guys, that is another episode of Snack Time. You can follow us on our combined social at snacktime.mp3 on Instagram. On there, you will find a link tree of everywhere to stream us. We on Apple, you guys. Stream us. Get us paid, okay? We love you guys. We love the support. We love you, Baystreets. Y'all are our Baystreets now. We love you guys so much, and thank you guys for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>